Thank you for listening to Interview with DJ Nocturna. If you're watching on my YouTube channel, please like, subscribe, share, and comment if you like this interview. I'm speaking with songwriter, guitarist, and founder of the project, Tanathos. I got Patrick Ogle. Hi, Patrick. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Thank you very much. You know, um, it's so refreshing. It is, by the way, it is, by the way, there's multiple ways to pronounce it. I don't speak Greek. I always say Thanatos. Other people say Thanatos, which is probably closer to correct. And, um, but I've never actually had a Greek person correct me on how you really should say the word. You so, know what? I will find out. I, I know someone who can pronounce <laughs> that very well, and I'm going to ask her how to pronounce it. All right. Well, myself, I like I always tell everybody I pronounce the German car Mercedes. So um, it's almost certain that I've never pronounced it right. So, so uh, how, how do you how would you pronounce it? I say Thanatos, but like I said, Thanatos. that's almost okay. certainly wrong. That's almost wrong. Well, yeah. that's what I was going to ask you, too. You know, um, I know that that is a, a Greek word it's in Greek mythology is symbolic of, of death and uh you know, it's been used in so many different things. It was in psychology. It's, uh, it's the opposite of Eros, and I think it's Freudian. And, um, you know, it has a lot of uh, meaning to it, but I like it. And I've always wondered who was the man behind this project because I've been, I've been a big, you know, supporter of the project label for a very long time. And I would see your albums all the time. And I know you did a Christmas. You were part of a Christmas compilation album as well. And so I'm so glad you're with me. Thank you for joining me. Of course, of course. So tell us about why did you pick this particular name for your project? And I know you've been around uh, a while for a long time. We started this project, believe it or not, in the 80s. It was in no, the, I, believe I, it. I want to say 84, something like 84, 85. And um, we had a cassette release. That's Project Records started out releasing cassettes in mm -hmm. South Florida back in the, back in the mid 80s. And, um, the actual we the pro the the Thanatos is a song that we did on that on that thing, and then many years later, like probably seven or eight years later, when we were released, started working together again, and we're going to release um, the first record, this endless night inside. Um, we didn't really know what name we were going to use, and um, we couldn't come up with one, so we just picked the name from that song. How I came up with that. Uh, the name was as from a psychology class I took in college, and it was exactly what you were saying. Uh, the term referred to like this collective death wish of the human race. It was the only way that psychologists could explain why did this happen because it was pointless. The World War One was just pointless, and so millions, a whole generation died, and so that was the term that they used to describe this collective death wish. And for years, I used to say it was a Freudian term. Um, but I did really bad in that psychology class. So it's not surprising that I found out later that it, Freud never used the term. It was, it was other psychologists. It was not Freud. So that's where the name comes from anyway. And so you, you were, so this project began with you and Sam from pro the project yeah. label. Yeah. Okay. And then I, I know that you were also part of a uh, black tape for blue girl. You, you, you worked with him on that as well, right? I was, I'm on, I'm on a number of records. Um, usually just here and there I was on, I always forget which one it was. I want to, 
I want to say Chaos of Desire, there's a song by me. And then actually the title track of This Lush Garden Within yeah, yeah, yeah. was originally going to be on the Thanatos record. But Sam stole it from me. He hijacked <laughs> it because it was appropriate, you know, and so that, that, and I've been on a few other things after that. Um, there's some guitar parts that he took here and there, but I don't have a real central part in any of the Black Day for a Blue Girl. I'm just on it here and there. And after Thanatos started putting out records, you know, it was kind of stupid to have me do vocals on Black Day for a Blue Girl because A, he had a bunch of other really good vocalists and B, there was Thanatos. So why would, why would we do that? So, so how did you guys meet you, you and Sam? I know you've been a big supporter of his project for a very long time. Oh, we met, we've known each other since middle school. Um, I'm going to say we probably knew each other in six. He's a year older than me. Pro- I've probably known him since I was 11 years old. Yeah. And he, yeah. he used to run a small magazine, a fanzine that eventually became a pretty big, big thing in South, uh, South Florida. It started out as called songs from the wood, which is a Jethro Tull reference. And then it became alternative rhythms. And it was a bit, it was a pretty big magazine. Everybody into like kind of back then it was mostly punk rock and stuff like that, but everybody read it. And so I wrote for the magazine too. Yeah. And, and I know you have, you released several albums since 1993 with your first one, this endless night inside. Right. And um, yeah, the covered country is my eighth, eighth record. And, you know, I was I was watching some videos of um, that you you perform live, you know, the swan song. I like that a lot. Uh, God damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never recorded that like in a studio setting. You should. And I have a story. You know, uh, maybe. Well, yeah. There's a funny story about that. And I was I did a live stream last night. And so I told this story um, because somebody was requesting it, that. I, everybody always requests that I play that song. Um, and. William Tucker, um, who after my second record, I wanted to do start doing live music. And um, some people put me in touch with a Scary Lady Sarah, DJ Scary Lady Sarah, and her uh, husband uh, at the time, uh, with Eric, who played bass in my band, um, put me in touch with William Tucker, who's a guitar player. And Eric, Eric actually... Um, Eric, Eric, I forget who exactly put me in touch with him, but one of them. And I met him at a Chris Connolly show at the Troubadour in Los Angeles because I lived out there at the time. And um, so we got together, we started playing, but we used to play that song live. And Tucker also, I mean, Tucker played in a lot of bands. He was in, mm-hmm. like, especially live. He played with Ministry, Feeders, Thrill Kill Cult, Everybody and Their Grandmother, because um, he was a fantastic guitar player. Well, one day he was on tour with Fetus and um, Michael Girard came onto their tour bus and smashed their CD player so they couldn't listen to music. And um, Tucker was pissed. And so he would never play that song again. Every time, whenever we were putting a set together, he, would, he just absolutely wouldn't play it. So to be a dick, I used to just go every time I would, I would go out and play it acoustic afterwards, like as an encore, just just because he wouldn't <laughs> do it. And so that that's the that's the story of that song. I don't know I, I don't know why I've never recorded it. I just 
it just never seemed right for any of the records I was doing. Oh yeah. Well, well now that you have the country covered albums, maybe you can do another, uh, another cover albums of other stuff. <laughs> oh, they're good. They're going to be other covered albums. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking about it. It's really good. I like it. And, yeah. um, I was just uh, I just had an interview recently with Ashkelon Sane of Trans to the Sun and Trans to the Moon. And I know you had him in one of your albums as well. You work you you've collaborated with him, right? He's fantastic. Um, I, I you know, I could spend an hour talking about what a great musician, what a great guy he is. I love his is. music, everything yeah. he's done. And he I remember when I found out I was listening I those some of the Trans to the Sun records musically. Like I have trouble remembering my four chord songs and he has these songs that are incredibly intricate and they're like six minutes long. And then there's 10 of them and he remembers how to play all of them. You know, it's, it's, yeah. and there's, there's no first chorus, verse chorus stuff going on there. It's all, it's this complex thing that just keeps getting more and more complex. Um, I didn't do, he's, he's on the album. Um, I'm not Job. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I went out to Santa Barbara when I was living in Miami and um, we recorded those songs. And it, it, one of the, one of the, I really wanted to do the song Carrick Fergus, the Irish traditional Irish song. And I had this, I had also just had hand surgery. So my guitar playing is, uh, I, I, you know, nobody's going to mistake me for Jimi Hendrix in general, but when your hands don't work, it's even harder. And I had this version and it just was not good. And then Ash sat down and just bam, and we he we he did his part in one take, and that's that's like an eight minute long version of that song, and I, I did the vocals in. I think we had one punch in, but he was just I he's amazing to mm -hmm. work with. I love. Yeah. I wish his band were on the road more and came here to Chicago because I would love. Yeah, I would love to yeah. They, they, I I maybe just played in in Portland some somewhere. You know, yesterday, I think yeah, they, were, they were opening for another. I think it was adults who I also really, really like a lot. Right. They're wonderful. Yeah, I don't know I would, them, I would, but I, I love their music. Yeah, I would have loved to 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 be there to see that. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Everything you said about him, he's amazing. Yeah, I totally am a big fan of uh, Trance of the Sun and the new project, Trance of the Moon. Now, the, the, the Portland record, he actually lent. Uh, I didn't bring a guitar with me and he lent me a, a, the electric guitar is actually his that I play on that. And I, I use, so yeah. he's always helping me out. He's always oh, helping yeah. me out. Great guy. So I, I know your, uh, your main instrument is the guitar. When did you start playing the guitar? When did I start playing? I, I've played the guitar for something like 44, 45 years. No, probably longer than that. I'll have 46, 47 years. I started playing when I was a little kid. I learned classical. That was my teacher trained, trained us to do the classical fingering and the classical on, on a classical guitar. And um, her reasoning, she was a little wonder. Her name was Mrs. Fitzgibbon. She was a lovely woman. She uh -huh. was friends with Mel Bay, you know, the Mel Bay books. And every time, you know, she, you know, all these things. And um, she used to come to our house and uh, she taught on the, the classical neck um, Partially, I think, with the logic of if you can play that, then mm -hmm. an electric guitar or a, a regular acoustic is nothing. And um, so I learned that's when I learned. And then I stopped playing. I didn't pick up a guitar for a long time. And then I, uh, I kind of retaught myself using basically the same method she used. And um, 
so I, I, I'm most comfortable playing rhythm guitar, but um, I, I do most of the leads on the on the Thanatos records, which are rarely rarely complicated <clears throat> um, uh, parts. I can play a lot of. I, can, I mean, I can play a mandolin. I can play the bass. I can play. <laughs> I mean, the only stringed instrument I have a problem with is the banjo because <laughs> it's. Uh, uh, well, banjo is an African instrument, so it's a different sort of tuning, and so it's not—it's a little harder to get your head around when you're used to the, the yeah. you know, the tunings that we're used to. Well, you know, I just want to say it's so refreshing to hear um, some great country music. You know, they, I know you have this covered—it's called Covered Country, and, and it's a forthcoming album that's going to be released on the twenty-sixth. Twenty-sixth of November, yeah. Yeah. So. Streaming everywhere. I mean, I, I was exposed to country music growing up because, you know, in the 80s, I'm talking about I'm talking about like the 80s country, the 70s and 80s country music, you know, like Johnny Cash and Anne Murray and Kenny Rogers, you know, those kind of things. I mean, I, I and I love them. I did. It was it's so good to hear this again. You know, I mean, I'm, I've been listening to the tracks. I know they haven't been released yet. And uh, and we I plan to play them beginning this coming Saturday right after Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, congratulations on this album and this. I know there's nine tracks. Is it nine? Yeah. What what made you want to do some, something like this? Well, um, I was planning on doing a series of cover records, um, partially just because I love playing cover songs. And the country one came together first. And the, the funny thing is I grew up in Florida and in South Florida. And I grew up, you know, late 70s, early 80s. And um Man, country was not cool. And I did not like country. I actually hated country music when I, at that age. But I will point out that what I was exposed to was like, I remember everybody talking about how great Waylon Jennings was. And then I'd hear these Waylon Jennings albums. Waylon Jennings' best work was not coming out in the, mid, the, late, the early mid-80s. It was not. It was his earlier stuff that was good. Same thing with... Um, Willie Nelson, like I was hearing like, you know, all the girls I loved before duets and saying, what the fuck is this? But I hadn't heard Redheaded Stranger <clears throat> and I hadn't heard other things from that era or even his really early stuff. And so um, when I was young, I had like this in, kind of almost hostility to country music, um, even though Johnny Cash, everybody liked Johnny Cash. I always liked Johnny Cash. Yeah, and um, black. <laughs> you know, yeah. And I don't know that the hostility because there were some country people I liked. But by the time I was probably 15, 16 years old, I started to realize, wow, there's some good stuff in country music. One of the people who from that that time period that I really liked and um, I think kind of opened the door to like popular country music could actually be good is John Anderson, who there's a cover. Yeah, no, that, his, that's actually a really beautiful cover that you did on this record. And he's from Florida. He's from Apopka, Florida. And he wrote a song about the Everglades. And one of the things I do when I go back there to visit is I like to go hiking in the Everglades. I've, I've done it for years. I like going out there by myself. It's, it's wonderful. And, it, and every time you go out, it's a little more destroyed. They've built another condo. They've built another. They're doing that. Florida wants to do it. They want to pave over everything. And hopefully 50 hurricanes will hit them a year. And I don't wish any death on anybody. But, boy, they need to get rid of some of those division, subdivisions they're building in the wrong places. And that song kind of, that's what that song's about to me. It doesn't sound angry, but it is angry. Um, now, the, the other songs you'll, you hear on there are, Chris Christopherson is somebody I, I, oh, yeah. I both 
I both love as an love actor. That. And, and that's perfect for today because it is Sunday morning here. Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. just thinking about that. I go, hey, this is this must be a this is a perfect interview for Sunday morning coming down. And that's well, one of the tracks. Chris Christopherson was also a uh I mean, I admire him politically. Yeah. I admire every I mean, he's just he's one of those people that really is just a remarkable human being if you go and read about his stuff. So goes without saying that I was going to do something by him. And that's the lo that's the logical, obvious song to choose. And um, people say, why didn't you pick any Johnny Cash? And I'm like, well, that you know, Sunday morning coming down was made famous by Johnny Cash. So, you know, everybody's covered that song. But uh, uh, I thought about doing some some of his stuff, but nothing really came together. I um, also Guy Clark, I, I did his songs because, you know, people that don't know country music really well don't know him. And because he's mm -hmm. mainly a songwriter, um, that's what he's known as. But he obviously did his own music as well. And other people would take the songs and record them. And uh, one of his, you know, Jimmy Buffett had a big hit with a Guy Clark song. Um, but he's he's a he was a fantastic songwriter. He, I, him and Towns Van Zandt, who there's Poncho and Lefties on the record too, yeah. were are two of the best songwriters I think that ever ever walked the earth. Um, And uh, so I actually did two Guy Clark songs because I could I couldn't decide which one of those two I wanted to do, and there were several other Dublin Blues things like that. And you know another funny thing is like you know everybody is put you know and I have no I have no resent a lot of times you hear people very resentful about the notion of being called goth. You know they 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 you know they don't feel like they're goth, and so they're like. But I always like dark music. I mean I was a kid when goth appeared yeah. and I loved it. But I, you know, it didn't have that name yet. We, it was kind of like, we always thought of it as kind of like, it was kind of like punk rock music, but, but creepier. And um, so I, I never felt I really fit in real well with it because there was, it was, my, my music was a little different from that, but a lot of this country stuff, the thematics of it, it's dark. I mean, a lot of these things are, these are not yeah. happy go lucky songs. <laughs> And they're not all about pickup trucks. And, you know, that, that's another misconception people have. And uh, my one regret with this record is I didn't do more women songwriters. I only did a Lucinda Williams song. Yeah. And I, I would have I liked to gone back through and tried to do, um, do some more songs by women. Um, although a lot of times, you know, if you're going to do some of the women's songs are written from the perspective of a women, woman. And it just sounds a little odd for me to be saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's okay. I mean, um, I know you had a Kickstarter for this, right? And it yeah. was recorded at at William Faith's uh, studio and yes. and mastered again by the amazing Martin Bowes. Yeah, I mean, if, if he's available, I, I he mastered this record. He mastered the Portland record, which is came out in 2020. Um And it, he he always does a great job. I, his music is fantastic. His he I wish I could oh, yeah. record in his studio, but it's prohibitively expensive for me to pop over to England. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and William Frank, William Frankly is the one I wanted to add stuff to these recordings. I wanted to do these recordings and then add to them. And William's the one who was adamant that it just stay just me. <clears throat> so this is like an acoustic. Uh, record. Um, one of the things I think people expected, because 
once, many years ago, on a compilation, one of the first things Thanatos did was kind of a, a humorous cover of That's the Way I Like It by Casey and the Sunshine Band. And it's done it as, as a dirge. Um, mm -hmm. And so ever after that, every time we did a cover, everybody thought it was a joke. And they never were jokes. <laughs> never. Not once. Yeah. And it was obvious what they weren't. And so I thought people were going to think that was what this was. Or they were going to think I was going to do Sisters of Mercy versions of country music. And that is also not what this is. This is, these are my versions of these songs acoustic. And I think whenever I do something, it's going to be a little dark. It's going to, there's, there's yeah, going to be I mean, some I see that. dark, dark mood in the song. Yeah. And I, I see that dark, it's dark, you know, it's country music covers, but they're, it's beautiful. Yeah. You did a great job. And, uh, I know there's a video also for some um, the John Anderson cover. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yep. So tell us about that. Tell us about that video. Seminole Wind. I like that is Stacy Picard in England, who um, mm -hmm. is a friend with Michelle Rowland, uh, who's doing publicity for this. Record yeah, doing, big, uh, big, big shout out to, to Michelle at UTM Music Group. Yeah. And, and um, Stacy, uh, 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 Michelle got me in touch with with him. We kicked it back and forth, and he had mentioned that he was in. He was doing a lot of kind of cloud videos and stuff, and he sent me some samples of them. And honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work, uh, you know. And but it, 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 it I think it works really well, I, and I think it's it's appropriate to <clears throat> the content of the song. I think as well. Um, And it also, it's kind of almost abstract in that it's a it's this song about the environment, basically. Another yeah. thing there, you got a country guy in the late 80s writing a song about the environment, which is like, you know, people don't think that happened very often. And of course it did. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, so, the, so it is appropriate. The clouds are appropriate, but it's almost meditative. I, I, just, I thought he did a lovely job and I can't say enough nice stuff about him. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, I, I like the video. I like the song. It goes well. It flows right. And uh, this is, um, I, I know you had, a, you had something last night, right? Was it yesterday? You did a, you did a yeah, little acoustic set? I know. We did a live streaming show on Twitch at William Face 13 Studios here in Chicago. And um, it, it's funny, when I play live acoustic solo, I always tell everybody and they always go, oh, no, that's not true. And, and it is true. This is true. What I'm about to tell you is the truth. I can come out and play great and it'll be it'll be fun and great. And sometimes I talk too much and sometimes I don't say anything, but I can have a, I can do it well. But if something goes wrong. I get flustered and it goes it just goes off the rails. And uh, I'll fuck up everything and it'll be, it'll, it, and I've done it a few times. And I, I, I'm, so I'm always a little nervous about playing live. Well, I had trouble getting over to William's house. I won't recall the whole effort, but it was like getting the 1.5 miles to his house last night was a nightmare. And then we get there, we're playing the first song. And uh, Sarah, his, his wife, Sarah, scary lady Sarah, comes running downstairs and says, there are no vocals. <laughs> there are no vocals on the song. And, We stop, we're farting around, and uh, we never did, William never did figure out what was wrong, and he's like, I, I have no idea. And I'm sure he will figure out at some point, but it's just one of those things that happens, and it happens yeah. whether you're playing live in front of people 
or live wherever. It's just something, stuff can go wrong. And um, you're supposed to be professional and not get fleshy. Well, I got a little fleshy. And so a couple songs in, I'm like messing the songs up and every, everything. It was supposed to be an hour long set. It wound up being two hours because people were oh. typing in like, can you play Goddamn the Sun, which I had no intention of playing. And I said, <laughs> if, uh-huh. I'm like, if William can print out the lyrics, I'll play it for you because I couldn't remember the lyrics. So I played that. People were saying, do you play, a, play some David Bowie songs? And it just so happened I had some music for David Bowie songs with me. So I played a couple of those and, you know, I wasn't going to play the Highwayman song. I mean, I was rambling on there, but it is, it was a, it was a lot of fun to play that uh, show. I've never done a stream before. Um, it, you know, it, it, you know, it didn't get a ton of people listening, but you know, my son was telling me, well, usually people get five people on their first Twitch stream. So you did better than most people. So my, you know, <laughs> um, but it was fun. I would love to do it again. Um, there just have to be a reason for me to do it. Again. Yeah. So, so this, this album is coming out the 26th. It's called, it's called covered country. Is that, that's the name of the album on project yeah. on, on the project label, which is P R O J E K T.com. Yeah. I think that, yeah. And then that's where you can find it. And then you also have a website. Thanatos.biz. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And then if, if people wanted to um, find your music, how is there any other any other website you want to give out? Uh, uh, the Bandcamp, and it's and I I don't remember the thing, but if you look up Thanatos Project with okay. Project with a K on Bandcamp, um, it comes up, and pretty much all the records are up. Covered Country, I don't think I'm going to put up there, but everything else is up there, as well as a lot of live music. There's a lot of live music from. Uh, you know, there's a couple of acoustic things with me, but there's also from the 90s playing with William Tucker and Eric Paulson. And there's some other uh, other shows I did. We did these kind of reunion shows because I had lived in Florida for a long time. And I came back up here and did some shows. So there's a lot of live stuff on there, too. And some odds and ends here and there. I, I post, I find old songs that I recorded and I forgot about and I'll put them up there. So, yeah. Well, congratulations on this album. I think it's uh, it's wonderful. And uh, thank and thank you for, for coming on. Anything else you want to mention? Anything happening in the well, the, the only thing that I, I mentioned is in a, in a larger context, these cover records, the idea, it didn't start out, let's do a covered country. It was like, let's do a bunch of covers and let's do a bunch of cover records. And so I, I, I can't swear to you how this is going to go, but I already have in my head several other cover records that are going to be recorded. And I think the next one is going to be covered 70s. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like what? Do you, do you have? Do you have under? You have any artists in mind? Uh, which, which? I have some. I yeah. have some songs I'm working on. I'm working on a, a kind of acoustic finger picking version of Elton John's Daniel, where I'm trying oh. to pick a. Uh, I'm trying to. Sam really wants me to do a an Andy Gibbs song, but I just can't. Yeah, that's disco. Find, that's disco. I can't find do disco. one I like. But we might. We might do. I mean, I know that. Other people, Dave Grohl, and people have done BG songs, but I might do a BG song. But there's some there's some other songs that are disco era songs that I might do as well. You know, I'm um, also going to do. I have a I have a very good acoustic version, believe it or not, of "Walk on the Wild Side" too. Oh yeah, so, um, yeah. So, so there's so there's that, and then I'm 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 also probably going to do. Um, I'm thinking of doing a cover song that's all women. Uh, that were written by women or 
originally recorded by women. And, um, and I, 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 right now I only have one song for that. I don't know if I should say it because maybe I shall spoil the surprise, but I'll just say it's a Florence and the Machine song. So. Oh, okay. You know, one of my favorite disco artists of all time is Alec Consendino's of Love and Kisses. And I, I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but there's a lot of songs that you can cover because he is just amazing. And he, um, I mean, is he has some ballads, some really beautiful ballads. And, and the other one I really like is Madeline Kane. She's a woman. She's a, she's a disco artist. Amazing ballad songs. I don't know. I mean, if you, I, I think disco is. Well, uh, I mean, the disco era is one of those things that when I was a kid, it was like disco sucks. And the truth is, is that later I really, I mean, disco is some of the, like a lot of that music. Sure. It's not necessarily particularly intellectual, but the production on those records, oh, anybody yeah. who does music, they're fabulous. And like, um, Mm-hmm. When when William Parker and I were recording um, blisters, we would record for a long time and we would take breaks and record. And the breaks would usually wind up with me becoming incapacitated and unable to sing. And then, um, but we would listen to like uh, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack and stuff from that era. And um, uh, it's, it, I don't want to get too, because it's not really going to be a, acoustic disco cover record but there will definitely be some songs like that and there might be some gilbert o'sullivan in there too oh there i love i love that i love you know i love it i'm a big fan of the 70s so you got me there roger whitaker <laughs> i'm a big roger whitaker yeah, fan. yeah. So. okay and you know another favorite of mine is um um yeah, what's the name of that guy uh the year of the cat oh <laughs> there's one i'm forgetting 100% for sure I am doing a cover of Year of the Cat. It's Al Stewart. Yes. Oh, please. Oh, my God. Okay, you got, right, me. Right. You got me there. You got me. All right. <laughs> well, you know, thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed speaking with you and having you on right. the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time.